You're listening to the Collab Talk podcast, episode 70 of the MVP Buzz Chat series. In this episode, I'm talking with Office Apps and Services MVP, Stacy Deerstroll. Hey, this is Christian Buckley with another MVP Buzz Chat, and I'm here today with Stacy. Hey, good morning. Hey. Good morning to you. It's almost well. It's actually afternoon here for me. So uh, barely, barely. <laughs> Come on, it's lunchtime. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so I'm Stacy Deerstroll, uh, owner of a company, Focal Point Solutions, where essentially we focus on SharePoint and Office 365, and try to find uh, great ways to make it easier for uh, companies to be engaging, get used to it, and start utilizing it to their full potential. So, um, got a lot of great stuff going on. Um, I know, uh, I don't know if anybody's read my blog post, but I had this big epiphany this, uh, this past weekend. I actually went to the lake, I know, no computer. Yes, there were bets that I would take one, um, but you know, nobody won, because uh, I did not take a computer. It's really uh, easy if you go in and you start out by turning the Wi-Fi off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, so yeah, so I took, uh, yeah, no computer. I'm sitting on the boat. I got a book, you know, a book I've been reading for a while, like a chapter here and there when I get time. And man, I, uh, just the time away really opens a lot of things up, uh, lets you really think at a bigger level than if you're like, oh, I'll just go on my computer and I'll figure something out. It really makes you get very creative. Um, and so, one of the biggest things for me uh, that started back at SharePoint Fest was I was asked to do a lightning talk and I knew everybody was going to do something technical. And I'm always that one who likes to try to do something different, um, which is where it kind of came from of stepping out of my comfort zone. And I'm like, well, I, sh- I should fill it for everybody too. That I mean, it was, it was great the way they do this, but so SharePoint Fest, this event, uh, it's held in three cities. So DC, Chicago, Seattle, uh, and what they do every year in Seattle is they align with the local user group. So I used to be on the, you know, on the board of that user group, the Puget used formerly as the Puget Sound SharePoint user group. And now it's the, I know they've rebranded it, moved it over, but it's, it's the same thing. It's a user group and meets on Microsoft campus. And what they do is they, they allow members to come in and they register, but they have the user group there at the conference and they can come in, they can attend, uh, I think, two sessions in the afternoon and get access to the, the expo hall. It's just a, it's an awesome deal. I don't know if D.C. and Chicago areas are, are taking SharePoint Fest up on that deal, but other events should be doing something similar to that. So I did, uh, so D.C. and Chicago, last two times I spoke there, they did the same thing. Okay, so. all right. Well, that's, that's good. At least they're being consistent. I'll let you know, David know that he you check. He's passed that off. But, but anyway, okay. so for the user group, so they had folks come in and do these lightning talks, and Stacy, and that's kind of where we, where we are. So I was there, and I think it was a great format. Um, of course, I was sitting there um, devouring pizza, so I was, <laughs> I was happy, you know. Yeah, no wonder there was none left when we were done talking. That's right. But uh, so it was kind of funny. And um, I went about midway through, there's probably like three presenters before me. And I knew what everybody was going to be talking about, because there's some emails that went around. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to do something technical. I'm talking technical all week long. They're all hearing all this technical stuff. 
maybe I just, you know, throw that tip of the iceberg about this thing that I've been kind of working on, uh, which is kind of stepping out of your comfort zone. And I'm like, well, I'm going to get up there on stage and tell these people to go do it. Maybe I should go do something so I can tell them even I do this every day, which I do every day, but let's go make a big impact. So I literally, with a little help of Ryan Shooten, uh, one of the days, I created a bot. I, I, I created the Q&A bot and um, I even did a fit funny, sent it to my team and said, hey, ask the bot, you know, when your time is due. It may have had a smart aleck comment back. They all thought it was funny, but I did that right? And that is not me. I am an architect. I'm a governance person, user adoption, all that kind of stuff. I'm not someone you would think would be out creating a bot, let alone a flow or a power app. But I wanted to prove a point that, um, you know, even I could go do it and I could do it rather quickly. Um, so that's what my talk was about. I essentially told everybody or I challenged everybody to go to a session that you normally would never, ever go to because you never know what that's going to lead to right? Um, me creating that bot has turned around into, I've actually created three bots now, but then I thought, wow, you know, that creating that bot was easier than I thought. I'm going to go create a flow. And uh, I recently had a client and she's like, hey, we got this bright ideas form and we want people to fill it out and they can, uh, which is a great concept at the company, they have, uh, users can go out and fill out a form, the idea they have to improve something or something that they should add. And they get to fill out this form and they submit it, it goes to management and it's reviewed monthly and then they act on these bright ideas. Um, so the form was pretty simplified and I'm like, you know, I can, I can create this, you know, I can create a form and then, you know, I can make this flow into a list and then they can see the information to vote on it and all this kind of stuff. So I literally went out and created a form. So I used Microsoft Forms created a nice little form with all the fields they had, created a list to match it up, connected them with a flow, and it worked. But the amazing thing was it worked the first time I did it. I found that awesome because something I don't do every single day was that straightforward for me to do and make an impact for a client. Now, the client loved it, but then, of course, because it was so cool, they ended up adding some additional fields and a little bit of it ended up with some development. So I got over my head, so I had to ask one of the developers to help. But the thing is, it would never even gotten that far if I couldn't do those initial steps. Um, so I've been challenging people to go to something you've never done, you know, never went to before and see where it goes. Um, so I, I even asked them, I said, Hey, go do it. And then tweet me and let me know you stepped out of your comfort zone. I got five tweets, uh, direct messages the next day. People went to sessions they would have never went to, um, before. Well, you know, there's a, this, the first, uh, so SharePoint Saturday event that I went to that combined with the SQL Saturday was, uh, labeled as community day. So rather than one or the other event, they, they called it like the Microsoft community days was down in South Africa. So it's something that um, Alistair and uh, Bradley and kind of and Tracy and, and the team of the crew that we know down there all participated in and Warren, I can't leave out Warren and, uh, you know, putting that all together. Um, but it, what was great about that event for me and I had uh, like I did, you know, a uh, uh, SQL training back in the late 90s, early to 2000s, and uh, just some of the projects I was involved in and needed to have some technical training. And uh, I worked in the data warehousing space, and so it was more relevant to my life back then. But it was interesting to go into these sessions that I had so I'd literally not been in a SQL-related topic session 
in well over a decade to 15 years uh, and sat in there and took away a lot out of that, you know, updates on, I was, you know, surprised at how much I still remembered and understood most of what they were talking about. And as they were applying to, you know, talking about these updates with the latest, greatest technology and SharePoint and, and other things. And, and so it was relevant and, and kind of the lesson I took away from, from that, and I've done it you know, a lot since then is going to these other sessions that I might not have nothing to do with my role. Of course, I'm a, you know, product marketing guy. So most of these sessions have absolutely nothing to do with, with what I do. Um, but it's, it's just, it's out of my comfort zone on the technology side. It's something that like, I know nothing about this. I've been doing that lately with user groups and events here locally around um, data science and AI, and I'm involved in blockchain. Of course, I've got a couple clients in this space, but learning about these other topics and kind of expanding the, the breadth of my knowledge. I'm not going to be I'm not trying to go in deep on, on any of these topics, but to understand and and some of the conversations that I'm having, especially in the AI, the data science topics, and being the person that has the knowledge management, information management background, and giving them say, well, let me explain to you how this stuff is actually applied over in this world. And so I'm uh, I'm a I'm big in networking science, as you know. I'm always talking about you know the connector personalities and uh, and kind of bridging between networks that I. I often act in that role um, in these other groups. So it's not just about your comfort level learning new things, which is great, but you're also then taking all of that knowledge and helping others in those other networks, those other circles to uh, kind of expand their thinking. Yeah, and when the other challenge I found is just because I said, hey, you know, you need to step out of your comfort zone in doing it. They're like, oh, I'm not really good about stepping out of my comfort zone. So I take them back a little well, first. That's kind of the, the definition of you're out of your comfort zone. You're not going to be good at it. <laughs> right. So I was like, okay, so how do I challenge those people that instantly are going to say that? Yeah. So I took it back. And so this is the epiphany I had on, on the boat at Lake Cumberland. And I was just. It was the know, epiphany sound that you just had right there. Right. I mean, exactly. <laughs> I'm in my happy place and I'm like, I'm sitting here having this conversation, uh, these internal conversations, right? The inner voice. And I'm like, wow, I started stepping out of my comfort zone when I was way young, you know, because I remember like uh, my basketball coaches or whatever, and they're drawing a play. And I distinctly remember when my coaches, she draws a play, it was last second shot kind of a thing, right? And I was a shooter. So every now and then I kind of got that nod. Well, she drew a play. And I'm like, well, I've never played that position. You know, I've never, in practice, I've never been in that position. She goes, well, it's a new day, isn't it? I'm like, oh, okay, you know. So I knew it, but it's not like I had practiced it, right? But she had the faith in me, and she knew if I, you know, she needed someone to step out of their comfort zone, I'd be more than willing to do it. And I did, and we won. But the fact is, is like, I started way back then, you know, and so did everybody else. We never, we didn't get where we are now by being comfortable at what we did every single day, right? We, we've been stepping out of our comfort zone every day of our lives. Um, but bringing that to the front and letting them know, you made a decision when you're in college or high school and you did this and you did that and you just stepped out of your comfort zone and took yourself to that next level. It's the same thing. It's just with technology. We're always talking about in technology though, it's like you can't just stay 
uh, in the same place. Right. You have to constantly be reading and learning and trying things and experimenting. Uh, otherwise, you're going to get left behind because the tech just changes so quickly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing is, is, you just have to bring it to their attention, right? No one sits there and thinks that, oh, hey, I step out of my comfort zone at least three times a day, right? Nobody sits there and thinks that. But if you tell them, hey. Well, if you're an agoraphobic and every time you go outside is stepping outside. So, yes, I, there are those that add that. that right. Feel that. Yeah. But it was funny. I just did some di uh, some discovery sessions with a client and um, there was a group and they gave me the heads up that they're just hardcore. They don't like change. They don't like this. They don't like that, that kind of stuff. And uh, one lady, she goes, you know, she goes, I'm happy the way I am. And, you know, with what I do every day. And I go, so I said, you know, I happen to know she had some pretty nice shoes on, you know, everybody knows I got a shoe fetish thing. Right. And I said, when's the last time you went shopping? And she's like, well, that's an odd question. I was like, when's the last time she goes over the weekend I go well, why did you go shopping she goes well, I needed something new I said oh so you needed a change <laughs> and so it was kind of like one of those things and like oh okay now I'm getting what she's saying that hey change is inevitable right you're going to go through it you're stepping out of your comfort zone she goes she goes yeah normally I wear flats but I thought I'd go with a small heel and so she went in this big long discussion I'm like you stepped out of your comfort zone you went from your flats to these really cool shoes that I noticed which then allowed us to have another conversation about it right um, but people just don't realize it if you bring those things up then they're like I do this every day I can do this I can go build a flow I can go do that you know um, but just bring it up and let them know you do every day so this is no different right? you just you made me want now i know i'm going to make a reference that like one person will understand but uh i grew up and listening to uh um uh the the uh, uh, comedy is not pretty steve martin and some of his really old stuff it, it you just made me think of the cruel shoes so if you <laughs> if you know that if you don't know the cruel shoes it's one of my favorite steve martin uh kind of, I think, late 70s, uh, early 80s um, skits. But uh, yeah, that change is not always good. But uh, happy customer, I guess, as she yeah. crawled out onto the street with her bloody stump feet shoved into the uh, hideous pair of black and white pumps. But anyway, uh, hey, I just was, was thinking, um, <laughs> it, so in an organization, so would you talk about like your experience with, uh, with change management with adoption kind of those topics thinking from a client standpoint is there a way that you recommend to clients of kind of instituting this kind of you know getting outside of your comfort zone so yeah so actually um the same organization they're like hey you know we want everybody else to hear these types of things and, and see that they can do it too um so we've actually organized some um, essentially like brown bag lunches uh internal like user group kind of things and instead of it being someone like me or you presenting to them, they're, gonna, they're actually going to be day-to-day -day users being the ones that are the presenters. So someone that sits right next to them that does the same type of job that they do every day is, is one of the, the presenters, the speakers, and showing what they're doing. So I, I used to love um, causing pain and distress to my direct reports to make them get up and share that kind of stuff. And I made it part of the job description and they had to at least once each on a quarterly basis or more had to get up and share something about what the, they're doing. And it obviously it has other benefits. No one's going to be perfect. Well, that's not true. There's always that one freak person who does it all right and it's brilliant and it's perfect and you wouldn't change anything 
and you you put that up on a pedestal for a while. But the majority of us, it's uh, it's an MVP. It's uh, you know a minimally viable product. We're going to um, go and build something, sketch it out, um, it, you know, experiment with with it, and that process of sharing it with people. We're going to get that feedback. We're likely going to change it dramatically, change our understanding of the scope of the solution that needs to be built. We'll better identify those areas where like, hey, that's, as you point out, this is beyond my skill to get it where it's going. However, you would have never gotten to that point had you not stepped out and built that experiment with that thing. I remember having a conversation uh, back my last team inside Microsoft where uh, having uh, you know, they were talking about going in trying to get additional funding to bring in an outside resource to build some tool and I said it's like well you know you can build that just in SharePoint it does most of what you need out of the box no you, you can't yeah let me show you and so I went right there in about 30 minutes did this quick mock-up and did most of what they needed and so they didn't have to go get that additional funding. They were able to go and build the end solution um, based on what we already had in place. It's always easy to not have to go ask for additional money, you know, right. but it was, it's not that what I, you know, what I, this, this MVP that we built was perfect, but it was enough to expand people's understanding like, Hey, here's what's possible. Here's what we're capable of doing and to, to go and solve that problem and ourselves. We didn't go to IT, we didn't have to go to an outside vendor to build that solution. Well, and the thing is, if you take it one step further, if they get it three quarters of the way or half the way, they're saving their, their, their it's an ROI, right? Because they didn't immediately, 100% of it wasn't farmed out to somebody else. They got it 50% of the way there, or three quarters of the way there, and they just need a little help just to wrap it up. Right. I, I, I should throw in that I did suggest in the next uh, organizational meeting that the cost savings, that a portion of that should have gone to me um, <laughs> for the idea. And there was a little bit of laughter and I was serious, but there was a little bit of laughter and no one took me up on that. But, you know, you could actually create a reward system around that. And, and there's, I've seen this before in other organizations where, you know, people are able to go and identify a cost savings and they're able to articulate that and you know, prove that out and they're rewarded with, you know, some kind of bonus, uh, you know, around that monetary bonuses. People seem to like that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're saving a, a comp your company, if an employee comes with an idea and does something where you immediately recognize that, hey, we're going to save $100,000 this year by changing this method, how would you not reward that employee and encourage that kind of behavior? Yeah, so they asked me to come up with some type of an example for something very similar to that. And I said, well, kind of do it like, a, like they're getting a patent. You know, I mean, I've worked with a lot of like, you know, I used to work for a large uh, automotive company, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, you know, these engineers, they were proud of their patents. They had them listed on their boards and all this kind of stuff. So, so do it something like a patent. This person created this. Let them essentially their name tied to that. It's something they can be proud of when they see it on the board. It's, you know, the patent of the week or month or whatever. I said, make it a big deal, yeah. you know? Uh, so we're, we're, we're kind of, formulating exactly what that's going to look like but essentially that was the example I gave and they loved it but it was just I mean 
that's what engineers love that stuff. They love when they have built something that no one else has. Right. right? And uh, let's just share it. There, yeah, there's something to be said about that recognition. And, you know, it's amazing now when you think about it too, is those like the little crystal desktop statues for a successful product release or, you know, whatever it is. I mean, the, the cost is so low to be able to go and do that. And it, having that recognition, it, 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 it's very uh, impactful on a career and people's, you know, um, job satisfaction. So I've been getting a lot of questions lately, um, you know, building a lot of new intranets and, you know, either around uh, using modern or not or what all this kind of stuff. And it's like, well, how do we get the engagement from the users like right out of the gate? And I go, well, for one, considering what you had and what you're getting ready to deliver, yeah, that's going to get, you know, you're going to get a big push anyways. Um, but, you know, I've been pushing the whole forms thing. They have that new template in there called the quiz, right? Yep. So uh, I've been along with it, uh, with, you know, the build of it, I say, you know, hey, we'll do a user engagement type of uh, competition because everybody loves, you know, a good competition. I said, but what you get out of it is they learn their new intranet. And essentially I take uh, one of those quiz forms and I have questions. Where do you find this? When you go here, what do you see? You know, those types of things. And they actually have to go look and answer these questions. And then they're, of course, uh, scored. And then you can say, you know, hey, all correct answers go in, you know, go into a, uh, you know, bowl or whatever, and someone gets drawn for a $100 gift certificate or something to the company store or whatever. So, you know, not only did the, just a new internet make an impact, but you also trained them without really calling it training and got them involved where they got something in return or wanted something in return, something to win. And so I've done a number of those. And every time, as soon as they get finished, they're like, they're like, I I, now I want to do one for this product and that, you know, all these new releases uh, and stuff like that. And like, it's an easy user engagement thing because everybody likes a little healthy competition because everybody likes to win something. So I, yeah, I'm a big proponent of, you know, giving back. You, you get more in return than you really, you know, than, than they know, um, but give a little bit back to them and they'll, uh, they'll help you out. You know, it's something that you were uh, kind of to, to wrap up here that we were talking about before we hit record here, though, is about, um, you know, the, the, the whole makers movement. And of course, that's been around for a few years, the, you know, that idea. But within tech, I mean, it, it, it's again, it kind of goes back to your initial point. It's like, uh, there's so much that you can do now that traditionally, historically, you know, you've needed to go and pull in a dev and that there's so much now these capabilities, while it, I, we're not saying that you don't still need to have devs, right. that's, that's certainly not true. But the idea with a lot of these solutions, a lot of what Microsoft is building out is, uh, is, is it's meant to be for those that are you know, power users um, to be able to go and do much more. And it's this decentralized IT movement is part of this maker's movement within uh, within the enterprise um, that that's driving that so so that it gets people to think about how can I solve my own problems how can I go and or if nothing else like you know to go and build this MVP and then hand that off to our IT team to go and build a polished uh, more advanced version of what I was able to go and do yeah, and time to production to me is quicker. If I can do a lot of the work and I only need a dev to do a small piece, a lot of times devs will have those smaller sections of time that they have available to, to wrap up something like that, to where if they had to do the whole project, that's harder to get into a schedule. 
Um, so you quicker to production as well, right? And uh, and it's just something that everybody can be proud of and that they, they had a yeah. say. Well, and especially too, think about it this way. If, if, if IT is almost working as kind of a clearinghouse of these various solutions, you might be building something, building an MVP and then start sharing that with IT and they say, oh, hey, you know, Dave over in this other team created something very similar. We worked on it with, uh, take a look at what we have. Can we leverage that for, will this solve your, your needs? And, and so you start kind of, you know, IT as a clearinghouse of these uh, employee-driven, maker-driven solutions. Yeah, which is really why I kind of like the, like the one organization doing the bright ideas, something they could submit, right? Now, uh, in a lot of the, on some of them, they, they could start creating them themselves, but by putting it into something like that, um, for one, it, it's a way that you could take it one step further and kind of vet that. If someone else already had this very similar idea, maybe you two work together, right? Instead of, you know, one doing it one and one doing it the other, then finding out you just built the same thing. Um, is just kind of have some little system there. You can see if anybody else is doing something similar. Um, you could even be like a discussion board. Hey, I've got this idea. Anybody else working on something like that? Um, opening up the communications through the organization amongst your users, not, and then working with IT to kind of wrap things up and, you know, harden it. You know, we focus so much. This is just kind of a, 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 just a thought here. But, uh, you know, we focus so much on our own productivity, what we can do you know, ourselves. And then within our working team, we spend far less time thinking about how do we actually improve cross-team collaboration. Now, I know that there's marketing messaging in the broad, but think about like within your own organizations, your client organizations. Again, everybody is, is focused down on the work that they need to do. And then their immediate team, the project team, or their uh, you know, their, their manager and peers and kind of that scope and, uh, and few organizations, like we have an intranet, but even the intranet activities are more about highlighting what individuals and teams are doing rather than sharing knowledge more broadly across that. It's just, a, it's a different way to look at it. Um, organizations need to be good at all three of those things. Uh, but I think that it gets the least attention, at least, you know, programmatically. How do we share this knowledge out there? It's a knowledge management problem. It's a collaboration problem. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, companies spend a lot of money doing the same thing over and over again, but with just different people. So. Yeah, how do we, how do we better share that? Hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, especially if we get into this, we're building these solutions and, and just, you know, putting these solutions up in a store may not even be just a centralized repository may not be the right answer for this. And, and uh, like anything, you, it's easy to go and collect information and store it. It's a lot more difficult to make it searchable and findable and relevant and timely when people are looking for a solution to know that there's something out there, uh, much less start to use it, implement that. And the biggest thing is, is because one team calls something one thing and another team calls it something else. So you're going to search on what you know. Um, and you, it's, it's kind of hard to build metadata that way, right? So um, it, it, you're not going to know all that. Um, it might be a great concept for an, an, uh, a term set that's open. So as people create things, it just add, you know, adds it that way. But still, there's, there's a little bit of disconnect and definitely something I think that could be improved on um, if we can find great ways to do so. 
Agreed. Well, Stacy, I really appreciate the discussion today. People want to find out more about you and your company. What are the best ways to find you in the digital universe? Oh, so we're the multiverse, really. You know. <laughs> Uh, of course, we have Twitter, Facebook, uh, focalpointsolutions.co on the web. Um, you can uh, look us up. Um, of course, I'm out there in social. Um, you know, got a busy, uh, busy end of the year. I'm here, there, and everywhere. Um, so uh, if uh, you see me, come up and say hi. Talk to me. Um, but yeah, feel free to reach out. Awesome. Well, it was great talking to you, and we'll uh, we'll see you soon. All right. Sounds great. Thanks, Christian. Wow.